California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the California Underground Podcast. I am your host, Phil. Along with me, as always, is my trusty co-host, the best and fastest researcher in the West, Camille. How are you doing tonight, Camille? Honestly, I'm a little bit emotional tonight. Not anything crazy, but my oldest mm-hmm. child, child, will be an adult this week. My oldest child turns 18 this week. Oh, wow. Okay. This is a big <laughs> milestone for him. Yes. And I'm like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, I'm old. Now I have an adult child. On the other hand, I'm like, I'm too young and too immature to have an adult child. But, but here age you are. and maturity aside, it's like my kids are growing up. And that's kind of, it's great, but it's sad. So Yeah. It's well, bittersweet. Be, he, he's now a voting age. He's now so a voting age. He, uh, that's exciting. He registered as a Republican. So that's good. Okay. So that's and a start. It's a start. Yeah. Okay. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm getting slowly better from my cough or whatever I had. Um, I don't think it was COVID, um, even though I, I talked to the PA or physician's assistant today, and they were like, did you take a COVID test by chance? I was like, no, I didn't, because I thought it was a cold, and I have a cough that just keeps lingering. And as I was saying before we hopped on, they gave me a whole bunch of drugs, so hopefully it just knocks it out. Um but yeah, besides that, I'm good. Uh, I, I we this is going to be a weird episode, I think, because uh, we kind of came into this. We were like, well, what topic are we going to cover? Usually, we try and hit one topic and kind of really go in depth on it. Um, so then we were like, well, one topic might not be enough, so let's do two topics, and then we added in Q and A. And then on top of it, it's election night across America. So there is a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, the Republicans have gotten shellacked um, across the country, which uh, I think gives you an idea of where the electorate is. Um, we can touch upon that a little bit. But um, do you have any initial thoughts about the election results or do, have you been following anything that's been going on right now? I have only slightly been following. I was trying to catch up. Because, yeah, I don't know. I For some reason, I forgot. Yesterday, when we were talking about what to talk about tonight, I think, mm-hmm. like, at, like, 5 o'clock yesterday, you are like, slow news week. And I wasn't even thinking, oh, well, there's, like, this election tomorrow night. And then, all of a sudden, yeah. I was, you know, reading up on our other subjects. And then it's like, oh, wait, there's, like, oh, their polls are closing. <laughs> so, yeah. I was quickly trying to read up on what's going on. So, I'm I'm a little behind, a little. I have a few notes. but yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think that's the double-edged sword of the fact that our podcast is so focused on California politics um, that sometimes we have blinders on and we're just like, what's going on in California? What's the news in California? And then we just kind of forget like there's all these other things happening around the country. Um, we don't usually kind of veer into the national politics, but sometimes when it we can tangentially relate it back to California and what's going on, we like to touch upon it, like presidential races and stuff like that. Um, some of the big news, uh, the Democrat won in Kentucky, he got reelected. Um, the, probably the other big thing that a lot of people are really kind of fired up about is this issue one in Ohio, 
has passed, which um, now makes abortion a part of the state constitution, which protects the right to an abortion. Um, so obviously, as a lot of people kind of fired up and I, I honestly think like because of that issue and because of that, I call it it's a proposition. It's, it's an issue or whatever the heck they call it. Um, it probably drove a lot of people to the polls um, that were not Republicans, that were not conservatives, uh, simply for that one thing. And that's probably one part of what bolstered Democrats. And I think going into 2024, abortion is going to be something they hang their hat on. It's the one thing that when all else fails, they can always come back to abortion. It gets people to the polls and Republicans as well. But yeah, well, uh, I was going to say it's funny because they often say Republicans are a one issue voter, which is the one issue is abortion. But right. turns out they are too. I mean, they really show up for abortion rights. Yeah, it, well, it, it gets both sides really fired up. And and understandably, it's a touchy subject and it's very emotional. Um, we're going to kind of do our best to segue from that into something else in a couple minutes. But uh, I've, I'm of the belief, and I'll, I'll start off by saying this. I personally am a, a Catholic, pro-life Catholic. Um but I also don't believe in me forcing my views on everybody else. I believe what I believe because that's my right to believe what I believe. I don't think I should force my beliefs on everybody else. I think Republicans got a little too emboldened by Roe v. Wade being overturned and saw that as, well, now we can start issuing these blanket bans on all abortion in a lot of these states. And that drove a lot of people to the polls when in reality... I think Republicans probably should have taken the victory lap that they finally got Roe v. Wade overturned, return it to the states, and just let the states decide. So I think um, most pundits that I follow are saying abortion was the number one thing that drove people to the polls tonight. Uh, it's definitely going to be a thing in 2024. They're definitely going to make it a thing because, uh, especially tonight, if you're a Democrat tonight and you're watching what's going on nationally, after you saw this New York Times poll that came out that was absolutely devastating to Biden, and for those of you who don't know, there was a poll that came out from the New York Times, which is you know, not a favorable Republican-leaning newspaper publication mm -hmm. that showed that if Trump and Biden face off, as of right now, Trump would basically wipe the floor with Biden, that all the swing states would go to Trump. Some of the swing states, he'd win by more than 10 points. Basically, that it would be a slaughter. He'd get more than 300 electoral votes. It would be a done deal. So a lot of people were freaking out that this is it. Biden is not the candidate. They can't have him. Um, so I think tonight, if you're a Democrat, gives you that glimmer of hope and, and something to grab onto and say, this is what our issue is going to be going into 2024 in, in its abortion. Does that change how people view Biden? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. But I think people still look at Biden as probably too old and um, incompetent. They look at the economy and that there's a lot of other issues when you're voting for president. So uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm also pro-life. Um, and I know, like, we've obviously talked about this a lot off here and off the podcast. And uh, 
And I told you, like, the, the one thing is, like, I view abortion as murder, but I realize that other people don't view it as the same because they don't believe, like, it's a fetus. It's not a human yet. It's like, like, and so I get that, like, if I'm trying to argue with someone over this, that they're like, it's not a human and therefore it's not murder. And I'm like, it's a human, therefore it's murder. And I, I think that's maybe, like, another reason why I'm a little emotional is I was, my first pregnancy, I was single. And I didn't, I never considered abortion. But it was like, it being, being pregnant and single, I was young. It was, it was hard. It was, you know, being born and raised in a Christian conservative home in a church. It was embarrassing. It's, I won't get all into that, but like, so this, this is all kind of maybe extra emotional about it because I do view it as a life, but you're right that especially as Christians, Catholics, I'm not Catholic, but you know, we're both Christian, like the Bible, mm -hmm. the Bible gives free will. God gives free will. And like, right. yeah, we're supposed to like spread the word of God, but we can't force it down people's throats. And unfortunately that, you know, there is a moral issue and it's not like, we're not going to win any favors. We're not going to be like, being like, you are going to hell if you have an abortion and you know, you're, you're not, yeah. that doesn't make you go to hell. But um, and so you're right that we can't, unfortunately, like force this on other people. I shouldn't say unfortunately, but we can't. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things like, and that's another thing. And I won't even go so far to this, but I was talking to you about how I went through my libertarian phase like 15 years ago. But now I'm kind of like, maybe I do feel that way again, because I do believe in free will. And mm. we need some basic principles and morals and laws. But really the government needs to stay out of everything. And so I'm struggling now. I'm like struggling with where I stand with this. I know I'm pro-life for myself, for sure. Yeah. I don't, and I know that I don't want any, it's such a tough, tough subject. Like I don't want any woman to ever be in that position that they are. So. Yeah. I, I guess this is part of like my, one of my, my libertarian ways of viewing this, this social issue is that if you kind of took both sides the far the, the the far left and the far right and you took them and the government out of it and just let the people kind of figure this solution or or this issue out on their own they wouldn't end up at one extreme polarity or the other and mm -hmm. i think most people would just kind of end up sort of in a reasonable middle now it may not be reasonable to a lot of people not everyone's going to be completely happy but it won't end up as one extreme or the other. And I think that's where most people lie. And I think you just have to let people figure that out. Let people choose that. Um, it's kind of like you and I don't agree with it or we're pro-life, but that doesn't mean I want to force somebody else to not be able to have that right or make that choice. So um, that's part of a part of my libertarian view on it is that if you let people decide and just get the far left and far right out of it, it will kind of settle and figure itself out. Um, and, and I don't think it'd be as extreme as people think, make it out to be. Um, which kind of leads me to the first topic we were going to talk about tonight. Um, also, oh, before I, I get to that, um, I did tweet something before we hopped on because I was watching all the election results. Um, I had tweeted out something, and this is something that just needs to be said, and I've said it before, but I, I need to say it again. 
Republicans are never going to make inroads or never going to do anything substantial until they learn how to start flipping voters in blue cities. I'm not saying you have to flip the entire blue city over to Republican, but you have to start chipping away at the city voters and urban voters. And a lot of people ask me, well, how can there be a Democrat governor in Kentucky when the state itself is so red, but you have a Democrat governor? Well, because a lot of these states are just jam-packed with the urban vote and city votes and high concentration of blue voters in these cities. Until you start chipping away at that, there's really no hope anymore. So Republicans have to get off this. this, I, I don't know what it is. They just refuse to try and chip away at that. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying you have to flip it, but if you made it, if you got 40% of a lot of these cities, how different would California be if Republicans can pull 40% of city voters, of LA or, or San Diego, or hell, imagine if there's 40% of people in San Francisco were Republican voters. I mean, that would be enormous flips. Uh, I mean, most of California and state elected politicians, the big state seats, are elected by the three big cities. They're not elected by the Central Valley or Fresno or the Inland Empire or anything like that or the state of Jefferson. They're elected by big cities. And Republicans have to stop trying to scrounge for votes in these rural areas where they already have a comfortable lead and start going after the cities. Um, and to that point, this was actually pretty interesting. Uh, as soon as I tweeted that out, I saw something else that a libertarian, Lily Wu, actually won and defeated a Democrat to be mayor of Wichita, Kansas. So to me, that's that's whatever she did. I think you could probably take that and look at it and go, OK, well, what did she run on that she defeated a Democrat in a blue city in Kansas? So um Obviously, you know, I'm just saying the libertarians have figured out how to go after urban blue voters, but um, Republicans still continue to sit on the sidelines and tweet stuff like about how legal marijuana is going to make everyone go crazy and jump off a bridge or something. Um, but that's a whole different subject. I, I I don't understand boomer cons like that anyway. Who well, think? I don't understand because several states already legalized it and I, that didn't happen. Yeah, it, I mean, California has had legal marijuana for, I don't know, almost 10 years at this point. And like, it's not like the whole state has gone into reefer madness, but I, 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 mean, yeah, the, I wouldn't use California as a quick side. The, yeah, the state is crazy on its own for many different reasons, but I don't think it's because of legal marijuana. That's for no, sure. I think it's for that. Yeah. Um, so I just want to point that out. Anyway, let's get to our first topic of tonight, which actually is California based. Speaking of abortion, um, this actually transpired tonight, um, but it failed. So we'll kind of lead with the spoiler, um, right? This this prop or this proposal failed in San Diego County. You had told me that it failed. Yes, I'm going off. It of, was like a okay. two to two, and so I guess it because it was board of supervisors who you right. guys have been without the fifth board of supervisor for like going on six months now i think which you also had yeah. that your the fourth district had that election tonight results right. are supposed to start coming in i should go refresh the page anyway you take over go on <laughs> um right so i yeah i was expecting it was going to be two to two uh 
Tara Lawson Reamer, who's actually my county supervisor. Uh, I, I'm I don't want to get her pronouns wrong, but I'm going to go with her. Did. Is it her or does she go by they? Anyway, she's non-binary, whatever. Uh, and she brought this proposal uh, up to the San Diego County Board of Supervisors. Um, and it's whole, let me read some of the articles. This is from the San Diego Union Tribune. County Supervisor Tara Lawson-Reamer is urging her colleagues to get tough with local crisis pregnancy centers, asking them to consider not just a public education program on their practices, but also filing a lawsuit including but not limited to shutting down such centers. Uh, Crisis centers have recently been criticized for attempting to pass themselves off as abortion providers using internet search engines to reach women considering abortion and attempting to convince them to reconsider. A lawsuit filed by State Attorney General Rob Bonta last year targets two organizations promoting a practice called abortion pill reversal, which the lawsuit called an unproven and largely experimental procedure. Um, Let's see. Quote, women can end up in a position where they are trying to go see a doctor to go see a medical expert. Instead, they are being lied to and misled to the extent when they're delayed, delayed, delayed until their choice is taken from them. Um, so this was her uh, proposal tonight is that she wanted the San Diego County Board of Supervisors to not only do a public education, kind of like their own PSAs from San Diego County Board of Supervisors, but they also wanted to start suing and shutting down pregnancy crisis centers. Um, I will admit before tonight, I did not know much about pregnancy crisis centers. Um, I didn't really know that they existed until just this past year. Um, but I did more research and um, I learned more about what they actually are. So this is from Charlotte and Logier Institute um, basically answers the question. And this was 2021, so this is a 2020 study. Pro-life pregnancy centers, formerly known as crisis pregnancy centers and also pregnancy care resource centers, are faith-based, community-based, non-for-profit organizations which first began to appear in the U.S. in the late 1960s as abortion was becoming legal to provide care and resources to assist women with immediate and ongoing needs related to unexpected pregnancy. Their focus on alternatives to abortion, also known as life-affirming services, was and is designed to empower a woman to welcome her child into the world. Today, pregnancy centers provide an expanded range of essential and professional care, encompassing support services, medical care, and resources, usually at no cost to the women, men, and youth they serve. Personalized care is provided with a respectful, respectful, compassionate, and supportive environment by trained workers and individuals. Um, right, so let's see. Um, just looking over some more facts here. Uh, it goes on to say pregnancy centers have been under attack by pro-abortion advocates since first opening their doors a 2015 california law dubbed the reproductive fact act which forced life-affirming pregnancy centers to display information including a phone number on how women can obtain a free or low-cost abortion was struck down as unconstitutional by the u.s supreme court in 2019 the supreme court ruling was a victory for free speech protections Similar laws in Maryland, New York, and Texas have been found unconstitutional at the federal court level. Pervasive attacks against pregnancy centers and academia have increased over the past decade. Efforts to demonstrate and validate the essential, highly valuable, impactful care provided centers remain vitally important to protect the life-saving work they do. Um, so as I understand it, um, these pregnancy centers 
are basically the polar opposite of Planned Parenthood, which is if something were to happen, you can go to these centers, they help support the mothers and the fathers and all that, um, and they give you that alternative to abortion. Um, I don't see the big deal about it. Um, I think Democrats have made this uh, uh, an odd issue, kind of. They're pro-choice. This is their their big thing. They're pro-choice as long as you choose the choice that they want you to, which is go get an abortion from Planned Parenthood. Also, if anyone wants to talk about uh, deceptive titles and deceptive marketing, isn't it interesting that Planned Parenthood actually has really nothing to do with planning parenthood because you can get an abortion you won't be a parent anymore that to me seems deceptive i don't know why we're not talking about that um but this new attack on pregnancy crisis centers or these pregnancy centers uh is an interesting attack by democrats that they just don't want people to have this option um what are your thoughts about this yeah um it is it is interesting for, uh, especially because these aren't being funded by the state. These are, you know, nonprofits, community-based, church-based, whatever. Um, okay, so back to myself, for example. Like I said, abortion was never an option for me. Uh, I was pro-life, but I also had to support a family. Like, I, my mom had told my sisters and I when we were not super young, but younger, she had known of a family who their daughter had gotten pregnant younger and decided to give up the baby for adoption. But the, her parents were like, no, we want the baby. And there was a whole, like, legal fight. And my mom was like, if you girls are ever in that situation, we will adopt your baby. And um, I, my parents did not adopt my baby. I had my baby. But some women don't want an abortion they just don't see another option for whatever mm. reason whether it's financial whether an abusive relationship whether it's because the the guy was like no i you know i'm not sticking around if you know whatever and they and so there's obviously a million reasons why they're going to go to abortion and it's not necessarily because they don't want the baby it's just that they don't see any other way that's where mm. these crisis pregnancy centers come in it's like okay you you want your baby we're going to help you we're going to we're going to and then they can even like help you with adoption too with just like getting you through the pregnancy and um and don't, i don't see why the state because i know this is we're talking about san diego but the state we've talked about it before has led an attack on this i mean they put up a whole abortion access website with you know report these crisis pregnancy centers it's so sick and bizarre to me um mm. because Again, women like myself who didn't want an abortion, but there's women that don't have that supportive family who, right. you know, that that's where they go. I also so, think it, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was, I was just going to say, I think it's also, uh, I, I guess it's kind of insulting to the women who, because they say a, a women fall for this and they fall because it's deceptive marketing and. I mean, it's no secret, like, if you're trying to, if you're a pregnancy center or a pregnancy crisis center, and you want to help women choose to keep the baby rather than to get an abortion, it, I mean, it's not unheard of that you're going to add into your search terms for Google or, or whatever, that women who are looking for abortion centers, you might want to get in front of them and say, like, hey, wait a second, like, think again maybe you want to keep the baby um here's another option i i mean if you type in anything you're gonna get competing ads or competing 
search terms because that's how marketing works online. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's insulting to women to 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 say that they they get duped and they they don't know what's going on. Um, because if you were to go to a pregnancy crisis center and it's very clear they're trying to convince you to not get an abortion, but you are determined to get an abortion, you probably would leave that center and go, okay, I have to find someplace else if I want to go get an abortion uh, because this place is not going to do it for me. So I, I think that's kind of insulting to those women to say that they're, I guess, that gullible or that naive that if they go to these pregnancy crisis centers that they can't figure out this place isn't going to give me an abortion or perform an abortion, but I guess I'll just stick around until they might get perform an abortion, sure. even though they they've never told me they're going to perform an abortion. So um, it's not prison. Uh, you don't like walking there and you're stuck in there for nine months now. <laughs> no. So I, I think that's kind of insulting to those women who are, uh, you know, if, if that's your goal and that's what you want to do and you're determined I need to get an abortion and you go to a place and they're not going to give you an abortion, then you're probably going to walk out. And the first thing you're going to do is go, okay, where can I get an abortion? And then probably end up at Planned Parenthood. Um, so I, I think it's just the, the attack is so weird in the sense that they're like, you can't have this choice. And, and how dare there be this other place out there that actually wants to, convince women to not get abortions or to convince them that maybe they sh- they should be mothers and they should carry the baby to term and we'll help them and we'll provide them diapers and, and baby food and clothes and all of this stuff and like god what horrible people that they want to help mothers who are in need or families who are in need you know bring the bring the baby to term to, to have the baby to support the baby when they're when it's born and it's a newborn i don't see why that's such a horrible thing like so women can only choose one thing in California, according to Tara Lawson Remore, at least in San Diego County, uh, they can only choose one thing. You, you have to go get an abortion. You can't choose the other way. Um, or if you're, 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 uh, uh, in Tara Lawson Remer's words, women are too stupid to figure out if they go to a place that they're not, and they don't get an abortion, that they're going to be stuck there and they can't figure out where else to get an abortion. Um, does that sound about like, the right summation of what this all is, this whole issue is, because that's how I, I kind of read all of this and their whole attack on these centers. You do raise an interesting point. And if we are too stupid to know the difference, then she, I think she's a, she probably shouldn't be on the board of supervisors because that's, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of decisions being made by someone who's of the gender that's not capable of making rational decisions apparently right i mean if she thinks women are are too stupid to figure this stuff out um she can't be much of a feminist she shouldn't be voting i mean yeah what am i I even doing here right now i mean should we just repeal the 19th amendment is that where we're going at this point yes Um, but should women be allowed to vote on that um should women be allowed to vote on repealing the 19th amendment that's a good question It'd be interesting if if women all of a sudden were like, I'll repeal the 19th Amendment if I don't have to worry about being drafted or anything like that. Um, Anyway, there is a video, a five minute video I wanted to show because I watched it um, and it actually was more informative about pregnancy centers or these pregnancy crisis centers and what they do. Funny enough, we started off the show talking about Kentucky. This actually takes place in Kentucky. Um, So 
and I will try no, my don't best. Do any, don't do any air quotes. I won't do any air quotes like, now. Keep your hands just like. I also need to figure out how to turn that off in iOS for those of you who uh, didn't watch last week, or maybe you're just an audio listener. We had a, a an interesting. Oh, now I'm, I can't do the air quotes. An interesting interruption with confetti and balloons based on the new iOS. Anyway, here's the video. We're going to watch it. It's five minutes. I'll do my best to narrate for the, the audio listeners what's going on. Um, so, yeah, here we go. Less than a day after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, everything seemed a bit too quiet. And I looked at the video cameras and noticed the footage that I was viewing. Something wasn't quite right. We exist to save lives and comfort those involved in unplanned pregnancies while furthering the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're the only pregnancy crisis center in Lynchburg. We have two operating rooms that our nurses are able to do the life-saving ultrasound. You would be able to see that flicker on the screen, which is the heart beating. That baby in your womb is a living, breathing, growing thing. And most abortion clinics do the exact opposite. They tell you things like it's a blob of tissue. It's a clump of cells. It hasn't even developed yet. And the reality is that we know life begins at conception. All of our services are at no charge to anyone that comes through our doors. We see anywhere from 50 to 75 patients uh, on a really good month where a uh, crisis is high during COVID, it was even higher. Roe v. Wade doesn't change anything for what we do. Women will need us now more than ever. When you agree to partner with us and come to our classes to gain the knowledge of what it would be like to be a better parent, what to do with this baby that we're helping you choose life for, we do not want financial resources to be any hindrance in your life. The diapers behind me and beside me, all over me, <laughs> are provided by anyone in the community. Just an amazing support of churches, businesses, life-affirming individuals. People are very proud of what we do. So I was a bit shocked that we had been hit. I first learned of the vandalism around 10 a.m. on Saturday morning after the Roe v. Wade had overturned. As I approached the walkway from around the back of the building, they had taken crowbars to almost all of our windows, two of our doors, and just shattered all of the glass. They had spray painted coat hangers on the sidewalk and put political things like vote blue in red on the stamped concrete. It read, if abortion ain't safe you ain't safe i'd say anybody who thinks that it's okay to vandalize a center that's aimed at helping women at their most desperate needs are cowards by every definition they hide behind a mask and they think they're making a political statement uh, they're absolutely victimizing the very women they claim that they're standing up for that was uh, virginia uh, i was all wrong it's it's actually virginia virginia attorney general was the one who was just speaking
in the quote on the screen for those who are listening on audio, over 60 pregnancy resource uh, centers have been vandalized in 2022. I can guarantee you if it was the other way, if you had over 40 abortion clinics that had been uh, vandalized, uh, you would hear it on the front page of almost every newspaper in the country. There's been such a, I think, monstrous lie that has been perpetrated in the media that crisis pregnancy centers are only there temporarily or they're there to, quote, trick women. Crisis pregnancy centers that are there to fool people who are looking for pregnancy termination help outnumber true abortion clinics by three to one. We need to shut them down here in Massachusetts and we need to shut them down all around. So what I would say to Elizabeth is, have you ever? Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, I know you kind of already made this point, but going back to just what what Elizabeth Warren just said. So do they think that these crisis pregnancy centers are bringing women in and tricking the women into believing that they gave them an abortion and that these women aren't going to figure out in a few months they're still pregnant? I mean, that's honestly what it sounds like. I'm not being sarcastic. Right. I, I don't. Again, I. You would have to begin at the assumption to make their argument feasible. You'd have to begin at the assumption that you believe women are naive and stupid and can't figure out on their own that if they go to one of these centers, they're not going to get an abortion. So somehow they're going to be tricked into not getting an abortion. And if if you're talked out of an abortion, let's say you go to what you end up at one of these places and you're a woman who's carrying you, you originally think, I want to have an abortion, you end up at one of these pregnancy centers, and you sit down, you have a consultation with with uh, this nice lady, and she talks to you, and all of a sudden, you leave there and think, maybe I don't want to have an abortion. Maybe you weren't 100% into getting an abortion, and maybe there's something in you that goes, uh, maybe I don't want to get an abortion. Maybe this person talked me out of it. Maybe I've changed my mind. Um, but you're right. It does begin at that. You, you would have to start at the presumption that women are stupid and naive and they can't figure out that these pregnancy centers are not going to perform an abortion. Um, and I, once we finish the video, I want to bring up what she brought up something as well about the three to one, but, uh, we can finish this video and we can talk about it a little bit more. Have you ever seen the rooms like this? of clothes they want to give to young expected mothers or the ceiling to the floor of just toiletries and diapers and the services they provide. Shadow an appointment, show her the life-saving measures that we are able to do. And I hope and pray that she would gain a different perspective is an open invitation. What's your message to those who vandalized? Immediate forgiveness. If you were to dwell on what they had done, false accusations they had made, it would be easy to fall into unforgiveness and even bitterness because you felt so violated. But I know as a Christian, I've walked that path many times and I won't allow my heart to go down that direction. When they walk through our doors from the moment they enter our lobby, they receive nothing but love and compassion and guidance and support. We not only help save the crisis pregnancy, we care about the whole person. All right. So uh, I thought that video was, was pretty interesting because um, 
Well, one, I think it gives you a glimpse of inside of what a pregnancy center really does, um, the people behind it. Also, the the attacks they've been getting, especially after Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, it, again, it just, this is the whole thing that I think sticks in my craw about both sides. The left believes that if you don't allow unfettered abortions and you you have a mindset of being pro-life you're the enemy that your center needs to be vandalized they need to break windows they need to paint coat hangers and write vote blue like it's just this tribalistic mentality of like you disagree with my position so therefore i have to act like an absolute crazy person um and and destroy your stuff and take it out on you um and the right again it's it's about both sides kind of forcing their views on you when in reality you watch this video and you go that this center is it seems very innocent they just want to help people and give people a different option um the one thing i did want to bring up though elizabeth warren brought up in the video and i saw this headline a lot that pregnancy centers or pregnancy crisis centers like this far outnumber abortion clinics in america and i think you that's interesting i really want to know what you had to say and you you cut out i was saying how elizabeth warren uh brought up in the video that uh, uh pregnancy centers outnumber abortion clinics three to one and i saw this headline a lot when i was doing research for the show and thought that's interesting and I think that goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode. If you leave people to their own devices and you don't have one side or the other in power forcing their extreme values, look at what sprouts up in its place. Obviously, there's a demand and local communities are supporting these pregnancy centers, right? Like if there was no demand for these pregnancy centers, they wouldn't be outnumbering abortion clinics three to one. But quietly they've grown and grown and grown and now outnumber abortion clinics three to one and, and they outpace them that to me shows at the ground level if you leave people to their devices this is what happens you you have more pregnancy centers like this as opposed to abortion clinics um and again if you're trying to push one or the other and you're like republicans tonight you learned in the election maybe you don't have to force it Maybe just trust that people are going to move a certain direction. Um, I don't know. Am I completely off base with that that thought? Not. <laughs> no, you you raise a, another good point that you know they are they are sprouting up, and I'm happy to hear that because I I was actually thinking about that a few nights ago. That that's something like I wish more churches were involved with that. Like they would start leasing and buying all the properties around existing Planned Parenthoods and just putting in like right across the street, right next door, crisis pregnancy centers and all the local churches would be, you know, funding that, supporting that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's a good point that there's a demand for that. And something that I thought of during the video is that if you go to Planned Parenthood and you are getting an abortion because you are in like a horrific abusive relationship, you're probably ending the pregnancy, but not getting out of that relationship. If you go to the crisis pregnancy center, they're probably helping you through the pregnancy and helping you to get out of that relationship. Yeah. 
Probably. I, you know, I, I think one is, uh, and it's interesting, the Virginia AG brought up the point, if you think that this place is only here to temporarily help you, if any place is only there temporarily to help you, it's probably someplace like Planned Parenthood where they perform the seizure. Maybe they check in with you later to see if you're doing all right, but that's it. Like they, they're not there to help you through the pregnancy. Once you have the baby, they give you clothes and food and diapers and all that stuff. Um, they're, it, they're not there long term. So um, it, it is very, uh, I guess my final thoughts on this, because we do have another topic. I know, I was going to say, we're supposed to talk about many things. <laughs> we're, we're supposed to talk about, we're going to touch on the next subject pretty quickly, and then we'll get to your questions and answers. To all those who submitted questions and answers, thank you. Also, if you're in the chat right now and you have questions that you want, questions or comments, make sure you do it because we love hearing from you. Um, so yeah, final thought, it's, it's, it's a weird thing that Democrats are going after these places. Um, and, and for all the reasons listed, obviously people like Elizabeth Warren, Tara Lawson Reamer think women are, are dumb and naive and they can't figure th these things out for themselves. And also they don't want people to have the choice. So the fact that they want them completely shut down is indicative of the fact that they don't want people to have the choice again. They believe in pro-choice as long it's their, as it's their choice. Any other final thoughts before we move on? No final thoughts. No final thoughts. Okay. Um, next topic really quickly that we want to touch upon um, is more of a little bit lighter hearted. Well, maybe not super lighthearted. Definitely a little bit lighter than uh, abortion <laughs> the crisis centers. Um, recently, uh, just as of last week, California Assemblywoman Randy Carrillo was arrested on suspicion of DUI and intends to seek necessary help and support. Uh, Fox LA reported Assemblywoman Wendy Carrillo, a Los Angeles Democrat who is vying for the city council seat held by Kevin DeLeon, was arrested early Friday on suspicion of driving under the influence. Carrillo, 43, was taken into custody after officers went to the 60. Uh, 6200 block of Monterey Road in Montecito Heights on a report of a traffic collision involving a motorist who had struck some parked cars, according to the Los Angeles Police Department. Um, then she issued the following statement. Early this morning, I was involved in a traffic incident involving parked vehicles. Thankfully, no one was harmed. And I have been cooperating with law enforcement. As a public servant, I am aware that I must adhere to the higher standard that demands personal accountability for my conduct, and I accept responsibility for my actions. I sincerely apologize to my family, constituents, colleagues, and staff for any actions of mine that have fallen short of the expectation. I intend to seek the necessary help and support. As I do so, I remain dedicated to my family, my constituents, and the community that I grew up and am proud to represent. Um, so, so. I what her it doesn't say what her blood alcohol was um but either way if you're hitting parked cars uh you must be pretty sloshed that's all i gotta say um well you heard her excuse right it's on video she said she sneezed right she sneezed. That was, yeah that's why she got in an accident she sneezed she sneezed so then the next day she releases a statement that she's going to seek the necessary support and help for sneezing. Yeah. Well, she was trying to get out of it uh, and play it off as if she sneezed. That must've been one hell of a sneeze. If she ran into multiple parked vehicles. Um, I mean, 
that's a monstrous sneeze to make you drive into multiple park one maybe i don't know maybe you could assume one park car is fine even then uh, i don't think a sneeze would make you hit multiple park cars um but she lied she got caught I, why would you even lie as well it's gonna come out it's public knowledge like it's gonna come out that you got arrested for dui like oh. why are you trying to say you sneezed and lied because when it? you're so drunk that you hit multiple cars, your brain is obviously not in the right place. Yeah. And so you quickly come up with something stupid like I sneezed. Right. Um, just as an update, uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving have not issued a statement about Wendy Carillo. Uh, okay. Drunk driving. So uh, keep a lookout for that. Okay. Uh, there's also no organization for Mothers Against Sneezing While Driving. Uh, they haven't made a statement either, uh, but this is, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. It's happened once it's happened twice to democratic California Democrats here. And recently, uh, Dave Min, uh, also was arrested for DUI. This was mm -hmm. back in May and he's running for Katie Porter seat, mm -hmm. uh, isn't that like close to your neck of the woods, Katie Porter seat? It is. It's very close. It's right outside my district. 47th um, district in Orange County. Isn't that, uh, gosh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Who's running again. Scott for Baugh. That seat. Scott Baugh. Yeah. Uh, he's running. Is he running for that seat again? Yeah. He's in the lead right now. Oh, it's an okay. open seat, obviously, since she's, you know, running for Senate, Katie Porter's running for Senate. So, um, yeah, there's David men and Max, whose last name I don't want to chop up, but he, we had him on at the convention. Right. Yeah. Max was on. And, um, so open... and I believe there might be a fourth. So far, Scott, right. Scott Ball's like pulling ahead as well as has the most money. Yeah, and if we know anything about any GOP in California, it's not about whether you're a good person. It's about whether you bring in the most money. So, not no, mentioning any names. No, it's whether you're in their inner circle. That's true as well. Um, That's how you'll bring money. Just kidding. There's plenty of really good Republicans in California. It's just there's also the party apparatus loves people who bring in money, not necessarily the best candidates. Um so if you didn't hear about Senator uh, Dave Min, he's a state senator. Uh, he was arrested back in May. Uh, according to the Capital Protection Section of the California Highway Patrol, Senator Min of Orange County was driving a Toyota Camry through Sacramento after 10 p.m. At 1023, the CHP observed Min go south on 9th Street, just north of 5th Street, without headlights on following him. Then they witnessed him go past a red light at 9th Street and Broadway before finally pulling him over at Riverside and Broadway. Um, the officers proceeded to conduct a DUI test on Min. However, he failed and was arrested on suspicion of driving with a blood alcohol level above the legal limit of 0 .08. Uh, I was later confirmed with Min that being formally charged with a DUI misdemeanor, arrested and sent to Sacramento County Jail on Wednesday morning, the center was then subsequently was released. Uh, I believe I read somewhere that he was actually double, more than double the legal limit. So. I think so. Yeah, I thought I read that. <laughs> So Excuse he's me. like 
ordered to attend 30 hours of a, like a licensed, you know, help group, something like that right. type thing. And then probation for a few right. years, something like that. I, and I will say this, I I've done a couple, uh, DUI cases. Um, there is, it, it's called a first time diversion program. So if you get arrested for a DUI the first time, they're going to send you on this probation diverted, uh, sentence and all that stuff. So it's not uncommon. It's not like a sweetheart deal, but it's, it's just normal that you would be on probation for like three years and then you have to do these classes. Um, so he, he was like double the legal limit. Uh, he did not drive into any cars. He was just pulled over because he wasn't stopping any lights. Uh, somebody had said, I've been, or one of his constituents said, quote, I've been a Democrat forever and I voted for Porter here since she first ran for the house, said uh, Maria constituent in Means District who lost her brother in a drunk driving incident several years ago. Quote, I was even planning on voting for men, but I just can't now. I'd rather see a Republican candidate win than him representing me. I know how they always say that it's a mistake and they're human, but those words mean nothing when you've lost someone. Um, so, yeah, it, you, it's what's up? Well, you had texted me and said, I wonder what the, the different, like, how many people have been killed via drunk driving in California versus firearms? Which I think Matt mm -hmm. Camille will find that out for me. <laughs> That's right. how I took it. <laughs> okay. Yes. That uh, was uh, put the research hat on and go figure this out. <laughs> okay. So, um, so then I pulled up some 2022 stats, and uh, there were 1,069 drunk driving fatalities in California in 2022, and mm -hmm. um, 3,576 firearms deaths over half of those are suicide mm. okay so, um not not to say that that justifies it but uh, you know obviously and they're mass shooting when you take away guns like all like they're yeah i i mean i that was my first cars. thing i thought when i see like these democrats especially california democrats who are voting for the like strictest gun laws in America mm -hmm. and then they get caught uh driving drunk it's like you are getting behind the wheel of a car which is itself a deadly weapon yeah. when you're drunk um and plenty of people like this yeah. like this constituent said that she lost a brother to drunk driving so I, I mean people it, it's a serious thing and so for people to be lectured about Oh, guns, guns, this and that. If you're a lawful gun owner, we don't care. We want to take away your guns because clearly you're you're a menace to society. Well, clearly, two California Democrats are menaces to society because they don't know that if you drink, you shouldn't be driving. Um, and it's not like they can't. I mean, if they're on a campaign event, they can't order an Uber or a Lyft or a taxi or something and just put it on the campaign expenditure. Like, is it that hard to think? To well, do if they can afford like to that. go out and drink, can't they afford an Uber too? Yeah, and, and there was this tweet of Dave Min like hours before, and it was from this lead, Laura Friedman. It says, always inspiring to join activists from pro-choice California. See, it just all comes full circle. As they fight for hashtag reproductive justice on hashtag narrow CA lobby day. 
Um, so it was a political event that he was at. Um, okay. And they have another picture of him in front of the bar, uh, which is showing that, yep, there was alcohol and he drank. So um, could have been. He could have just, I, I guess if he's there on a campaign or, or official business, he could have used it. But anyway, moral of the story, why can't California Democrats drive sober two in one year? It may not seem like a lot, but two is still a lot. I mean, the fact that it's happened twice already this year. It, yeah. I mean, you would think after Dave Min gets pinched for a DUI, you think every other politician in the legislature would be like, eh, I'm not going to risk it. I'll probably just Uber or take a taxi. So you would hope, but right. So I don't, it's the year's coming up pretty. The end of the year is coming up pretty soon, so I'll be surprised if there's another California Democrat who gets arrested for DUI, but you never know. Crazier things have happened. All right. Uh, so the last thing we want to do, there was, Wait. we asked, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, before you get to the questions, San Diego right. update. Okay. Um, with voter turnout, well, sorry, 17.9% of ballots counted right now for Board of Supervisors District for special election. Um, Monica Montgomery Step, if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, has 61.45% yeah. of the votes with Amy Riker with 38.55% of the votes. That is 17.9% uh, counted right now. Mm, that's a big, big lead to overcome for Amy. Um, she's a fighter. Uh, you know, we'll see how that, that plan pans out, but that's a more than 20 point. That's uh, yeah. a big, big swing, uh, which would be a shame because we'd have three Democrats on the supervisor board again, and two of them, I would say two out of the three are very, very far left leaning. Uh, right. So Amy would but, be fantastic addition. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only hope is next year, Kevin Faulkner's going up against Tara Lawson Reamer. So maybe he can get, get her out of there. But anyway, um all right it's just to think if she was on the board tonight that proposal to start suing and shutting down pregnancy centers probably would have passed and they would have been using tax dollars to pay for that all right ready for some questions and answers yep all right so this was posted on instagram uh we do this every once in a while to get your guys's feedback um get you involved in the show so we will do our best to get through all of these. Again, if you are in the chat and you want to bring up any questions, feel free to. Uh, whatever happened to the idea of dividing the state into sections? I guess nothing. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess he's referring or she is referring to uh, the idea. Well, there was that like New California initiative mm -hmm. not that long ago they were going to split up the state into like three different pieces or something right i haven't heard any any talk of that recently months months so yeah i don't know whatever happened to that idea you did not give me that question beforehand therefore i did not have time to look that up well Thanks. i want to save i want to save some wanted to so. see how, how much i knew off the top of my head yeah uh well i mean also these questions are coming in like up until the show so yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything in a while about whether or not they're going to try that again. That's that's a tough sell. I mean, I would be surprised 
if we ever see a state split up in America anymore, I think everything's kind of concrete concretely set at this point. You're not going to see like a split, like a West Virginia and a Virginia and North Dakota and whatever, all that. Um, it'd be monumental if it happened and they yeah. split up California. Um, they but could it's probably more afford than just to splitting it and then being like, okay, govern yourselves. It's like, there's so many issues at hand that would have to, you know, I mean, like we get our water from Northern California. <laughs> right. Things like that. Yeah. Like, like if you cut off Southern California from like Northern California, then they'd have to like work out a deal between the two of them. Like it's a lot, like it's a lot of paperwork and, and logistics and stuff like that. I'm not saying it's not a bad idea. I think I'm never going to say that. I just, it's a lot to get done. And I think probably a lot of people voted against it because, or I don't even know if it made it to the ballot. Did it? I, I don't even remember no, if it made it to the so. ballot. No. Um, so whatever happened to it, I don't know. Uh, they tried, it didn't work out so well. How can we get our border closed is the next question. Um, that's a federal issue, I believe. Um, and I, I'd be surprised right now, the whole border issue is turning on Democrats. Um, democratic mayors of cities are upset because they don't have the money to support this stuff anymore. Uh, you know, even governor Newsom in one video we reviewed sort of admitted that he was a fan of the border wall. Um, so I, again, it's when it politically doesn't make sense for them anymore that you'll start to see changes at the border wall. I mean, Biden already is going back and building more of the border wall quietly. He, he unveiled that and announced that. Um, so yeah, Democrats That's are slowly changing their tune. Senate seats. What's that? We got to flip those congressional and Senate seats. Right. Yeah. And, you know, get Biden out of the White House. Um, any way this state can turn it around and stop mail-in ballots require voter ID laws. Um, okay. Well, first off, uh, I can tell you the way not to do it, and that is to support anything Carl DeMaio is doing on this issue because he's not going to get anything done besides enrich himself. Um, I there, I, I said it. I said it. Um, now, the only way you're going to do it is, is uh, unfortunately, and this kind of sounds like circular logic, is you're going to have to elect people and get Democrats out of office. Um, and I know a lot of people say, well, how are you going to get people out of office if we can't, if they're using mail-in ballots to win elections? And, uh, well, you got to play the game. You got to, you got to jump in and you got to do ballot harvesting. You got to get on top of it and you got to start flipping seats slowly, but surely, um, whether it's Republican or libertarian or independent, that's going to, uh, change this. Um, but that's the only way you're going to do it. There's not going to be a lawsuit. There's no legal Kraken's going to be released. Um, that's basically it. You you have to change the legislature who's going to change the laws. Uh, where can we move if Newsom becomes president? Costa Rica. <laughs> Costa Rica has uh, is very affordable. It's a pretty limited government. And but you can't own a firearm unless you're actually like a resident there, not just a temporary resident. Right. Something to keep in mind. Um, 
can move to Mexico. Um, yeah. Uh, who knows if Newsom is going to try and become president? Well, somebody else asked this question, so we'll get to that. Cities kind of... Uh, you said, I think you answered this question, cities, counties in California that have laws that move them to hand, uh, I guess that force them hand counting votes only and ban mail-in votes. So another mail-in vote question. Um, well, I kept rereading this question because it was, I didn't fully understand the way it was worded. Like maybe I'm answering wrong because maybe I misunderstood the question, but Newsom signed AB 969 which allows hand counting only in some very limited circumstances. And Mm -hmm. uh, so no cities or counties are banning mail-in voting in California. Did you read the question another way? Was I? It's kind of confusing how to read it. Um, I I guess the question is, are there cities or counties that have laws that are going towards hand counting votes only and are going to not do mail-in votes? Um, I, I mean, I don't think there's any in California. Yeah. Correct. So, um, how can you prevent noodles? Love the noodles reference from president or congressional run. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there's nothing you can do to prevent him from running. The only thing you can do to prevent him from winning. I don't think he'll run for Congress. I, I think that's below him at this point. Uh, He's going to run for president, whether it's 2024 or 2028. Yeah, he's young. He's got time. He's got plenty of time. Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't work out this time, I did post something that John Fetterman had said, probably one of the smartest, most coherent things he's said since he's become senator, that if Newsom should just man up and announce that he's running for president um, (laughs) and stop trying this whole like shadow campaign or this soft campaign for president. And I was like, I mean, it's the smartest, most coherent thing you've said, John Fetterman, because um, that's what he's doing right now. Can, so can we prevent him from running? No, you can't prevent him, but uh, we can continue to expose him and bring up how badly he's managed the state. Um, and I think most people would probably look at California and say, I don't want that to be our entire country, so I'm not going to vote for that. Uh, will you guys cover CBDCs? Is that central bank uh, digital currencies and what their impact on California could look like? Um, we could. Um, you said you knew somebody who might mm-hmm. be willing to come on mm-hmm. and talk about it. I do. Yeah. I I know, uh, I guess from, I don't know financially, but I know, uh, I guess politically, I don't like the idea of the government completely having control over our money digitally and being able to like peek into our bank accounts and all that. So, Bill, what do you like the government having control over in your life? That's a good question. Nothing. The answer is absolutely nothing. Um, At this point, I really don't trust the government to do anything. One day I'll, I'll completely write out my political theory, which I like to call the dirty parking meter theater theory. Um, I'll go into that one day. Is this, a, is this like a plug for your book? Is it a plug for my book? No, that's, that's a different <laughs> topic for my book. Uh, this is some, well, I never heard this before. Why are so many illegal aliens wearing Bass Pro shirts and hats? I, 
I don't know. I didn't even know <laughs> that was a I thing. Like, I like numbered it. I'm all, I wasn't aware. <laughs> I had my text. But for, yeah, for I, when I didn't even know that, that was like, I just, like all my responses. Like I, I wasn't aware that was a thing. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that was really a thing. Um, the salaries earned by director, I believe that means directors of the homeless NGOs and the source of funding. Uh, I did find this article. So yes, you're on to something. A lot of these nonprofits that do homelessness or homelessness outreach here in California, they make a lot of money. Um, and the people who run those also make a lot of money, like four to $500,000 a year. Uh, I did find this old article. Shady little wording. Yeah. It's nonprofit, but it's big profit for the people running it. This was from December 28th, 2019, um, entitled, Who Has Profited from the Homeless Crisis Financially and Politically? Hmm. Uh, in LA, they passed this measure, Measure H, and the quarter cent sales tax was estimated to raise $355 million a year for 10 years to fund homeless services and prevention. Um, the sales increase will amount to $3.55 billion, yet the city continues to ask for more funding. And Measure H also allowed $41.1 million to be advanced to uh, LAHSA. I think that's the Los Angeles Housing Services, something or other, uh, for Lynn to fund ramped up services and operating expenses. Despite millions being thrown at the homeless crisis, under Lynn's watch, the amount of homeless grew by 33%. Uh, Lynn, who I believe is the CEO they're referring to, stepping down at the end of December, has been making close to 250K a year for the last five years. So, um, and you can look up all of these uh, homeless organizations. There's plenty of sites that you can look up the tax returns. ProPublica is one, I think. Uh, you know about this, where you can go research this more. But I know I said we should do a training on this sometime. Where you can look up all these nonprofits. I know I'm all into that, following the money with nonprofits and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean you can look it up. Can, um, you, you just, like, type in IRS nonprofit search. And if you know the name of the the nonprofit or their EIN number, there like there comes up a search tool on the IRS website, and then you can plug in their you know the number or the name. And if they make over, if they bring in over fifty thousand a year, they have to have public statements on their their tax returns, and you can start going through them and see how much are they paying their staff because it's it's listed on there. How many hours are they working? What's their uh, you know, pay their uh, salary plus bonuses and stuff like that. And then, of course, uh, you're not going to see everyone that's donating to them, but you can kind of start go, go into their website. Sometimes they list things. So oftentimes, um, political PACs and stuff will donate to them or even candidates. And so you can go to the FEC website, search that, see who's donated to them, as well as just like the site ProPublica that you just mentioned and kind of just like even like Google, like who who's supporting X, Y, and Z nonprofit. Um, interesting. I saw a clip recently. Uh, it's been very interesting to see Anna Kasparian's political evolution. Hey, uh, if you, you don't know who Anna, that, Anna Kasparian, yeah. Uh, if you don't know who Anna Kasparian, she's the other half of the Young Turks with Cenk Uger. Um, and recently, uh, 
some people have been saying it's coinciding with after she became a mother that she's been changing her policy and her tune on progressive policies. Uh, it, it happens. That's why, uh, that's, that, there we go. That's why they don't want crisis pregnancy centers. That's why they don't want pregnancy crisis centers is because when there's more mothers, they end up being more conservative and not so progressive. Uh, yeah, she was on the Patrick bet David show and she was going off about California and she was saying how all the policies have failed and how much they've spent. She was talking about the billions of dollars and she even brought up these nonprofits are making, the CEOs are making half a million dollars for homelessness. And she's sitting there going, why are you taking my money and my family's money and you're making $500,000 a year and you're not solving the issue. So, and she even said, it's, it's made me question my progressive values or my progressive beliefs. Um, so she's even on to something as well. I think the more you expose this, you might get people more fired up about what's going on with homelessness in California. Cause it is a, an entire uh, money laundering racket that people are just making money hand over fist. Sure. Um, and the sad thing is, is that there's people out there who think we've spent $18 billion why don't we just let them spend more money? Cause that's the issue. We should just let them spend more money. Um, but next question, uh, can the ammo tax be removed in a few years when Gavin gets out of office? Um, sadly, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think it has anything to do with when Gavin gets out of office because the person taking over for him will likely either be Rob Bonta or his Lieutenant governor. It'll probably be, I I'm going to venture to guess it's Rob Bonta who is vehemently anti second amendment. So I don't think the ammo tax is My going anywhere. Well, I said short answer. Yes, it can, it can be yes, but not, but not overnight and not just by renew, removing Newsom. Um, yeah, California. California is the only state with ammo tax, but we have an extreme majority of crazy drunk driving liberals making laws and passing bills. So we have to vote the crazies out. Turning California California red will take many years. Yeah, I mean it's it's not just about getting news amount, like you said. Like we're going to have to really flip, uh, you know, assembly and senate seats if we want to overturn any of these crazy bills. Right, and that's going to take time. Uh Unless somebody comes up with a brilliant lawsuit that says you can't tax ammo because it's uh, protected under the Second Amendment. Let's do it. That's the only way. That's the fastest way I can think of. If Newsom runs for president of the United States in 2024, could he realistically win against Trump or anyone else? Um, I'm going to say uh, if he's running against Trump, probably not. Well, I don't know. That's actually a good. I may be changing my tune about that. I mean, the New York Times poll showed that Trump would be Biden by a landslide right now, that he's going to win in all the swing states. I don't think Newsom would be able to carry a lot of those swing states, like the Rust Belt. I, I, don't, I just don't feel like Gavin Newsom could, could do that. I, I don't think he could connect with swing voters in Ohio, in Pennsylvania in Michigan and Wisconsin and all that. I just, he's a, he's a pretty boy from California and people in those States look at California and think that state has gone completely to hell. I'm not going to vote for you for president. So, um, I but would say, look but, what Ohio just turned out to do issue, issue one, 
That's true. Which was probably primarily women. Mm -hmm. And those women, because as we already talked about, women are stupid and can't make decisions because that's so hence why they get tricked at crisis pregnancy centers. No, but. that's And that's not what you're saying. That's what Tara Lawson Reamer is saying. I know. I know. Sorry. That was a sarcastic moment. But this is true. We know this. We've seen this over and over. And we talked about it Mm -hmm. last week. People think Gavin is so handsome and they get so caught up in that. Oh my gosh. Do they get caught up? But Oh, but he's so good looking. Oh, he's so good looking. And like, apparently that matters. So women who want these, who want, you know, these progressive abortion policies Probably also, you know, he's pushing the 26th Amendment of uh, the anti-gun thing. Like, they're probably totally on board with that. Like, those same women in Ohio are going to show up and be like, yes, pro-choice, anti-gun, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and if it's Trump, Trump did have a problem in 2020 with uh, suburban women. Mm -hmm. Um. That's no secret. He did have that. That was his weak spot, which probably didn't help him win a lot of those swing states. So there, there is a possibility that Gavin could swing that. Um, so, and he, again, I, I will say this every single time. He is a dangerous politician because he's good at what he does. And I think um, a, like we are paying attention to California because we live here. I think most people are not paying attention to like, what is actually happening with Gavin Newsom. So the second that he should put his name in for president, then that's when people are going to start looking up at him. And then that's when they're going to, he's a smooth talker. You know, he's easy to look at. Like all those things are going to be like, Oh, I want to hear more about what he has to say. Yeah. Um, And I'm not saying that's going to make him win. I'm just saying these are advantages. Yeah. And it makes, you know, it could be a, a pros in his, in the pro column for him. Um, I think once he runs, I think any opponent of him is just going to run constant ads showing California over and over and over again. I hope so. They're going to show the it's smash just, and grabs. Of course, San Francisco. Like, is that what you want? <laughs> yeah, just just show live footage of San Francisco and show how <laughs> all the stores are gone. Um, now they're now they're promising that they're going to make it safe for the the holiday shopping season, just for the holiday shopping season, not. For the rest of the year, that's right. Screw the rest of the year. If you live there, they don't need to make it safe. Comment to you. Well, there's no shopping left because they all left San Francisco. So of course it's like no shoppers yeah, were harmed the season in San Francisco because they weren't there. Exactly. Um, so could he make a run for it? Sure. Crazier things have happened. Um, he's going to run for president, and um, there's really nothing going to stop him. Whether it's 2024 and he's forced into it, or it's 2028. Um, so we'll. We'll just go to see. I think we're of the belief on this program that he's probably going to try and weasel his way into 2024 because I think the polls look horrible, Biden versus Trump. So maybe they figure slide Newsom in there, some new energy, some new fresh blood. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about this way more. Uh, but yeah, that was that was fun. We should do this more often with the question and answers. Um, thank you to everybody who submitted. Um, so hopefully you tuned in and heard the answer to your questions if you did submit a, uh, an answer or a question. All right. That's our show. 
the show that we were 24 hours wondering if we'd be able to fill up a full hour with, um, and we blew past it and it's now an hour and 15. So we gave you way more content than we were expecting. Um, so next week we have, uh, our first presidential candidate on the, the show, right? Yeah. Uh, Michael Reckenwald. <laughs> we're having Michael Reckenwald on who is, uh, <laughs> running for libertarian he's the libertarian candidate um so he'll be on the show and then uh we have tentatively can i say that we have bill Saley coming up in two weeks yes the 21st right so we're we're looking to get everything scheduled for the rest of the year so everyone knows what's going on until the end of the year with the holidays and everything um and once we do that we'll let everybody know but that's the end of tonight's program and you know it was only an hour and 15 minutes. I think we, we barely filled up that hour. So good on us. I think we just barely had enough stuff to get through that hour. Didn't you say? Yeah. I think we did it. Um, all right. Any other final thoughts before we sign off? Nope. Cool. Just pray for my, my son, you know, turning 18. <laughs> yeah. I'm not okay. No, uh, I'm not kidding. <laughs> He can, you know, go register, go buy a pack of cigarettes, um, a lotto ticket, lotto all that ticket. stuff. Yeah. I, I think that's about it. You can do when you're 18. Um, yeah. Enjoy that. Uh, take him out to a good steakhouse. That should be good. Uh, anyway, as we end every show, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, review, leave a comment. Helps with the algorithm. Subscribe on YouTube, Rumble, all those places. Listen to, to us on audio, Spotify, Apple, Google. I mean, we could just name all that stuff. Um, and the best and, and free way to support the show is share it with somebody else who would find this interesting. That's always the best way to support the show. Um, spread the word. And that's all we can ask for is that you, if you like this, make sure you share it with somebody else and say, hey, I think you'd like this show. Um, so with that, Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and we'll see you on the next one. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it. And follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 